Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you're here with me. And today we are going to talk all about how to support your daughter to make healthy friendships during middle school. And we're also going to do a little bit of a deeper dive and talk about our own middle school friendships. And middle school can be really challenging. And if you're like me, I have carried some of those wounds and those beliefs around friendships into my adulthood. Those feelings of rejection or the belief that, oh my goodness, look at those women huddled around. If I try and go and talk to them, they may not accept me. Maybe I'm not enough or I'm not likable or pretty or funny or smart enough. And as a result, we can hold ourselves as separate and we can wind up feeling isolated and lonely. And I know after working with so many moms and speaking with my guest, my special guest today, Amy Weatherly, I'm not alone in this. And Amy is so relatable, honest. She has a down-to-earth sense of humor. And she is on the show today to talk about her latest book that she co-authored with Jess Johnson, for our middle school girls about friendship. And it's called I'll Be There and Let's Make Friendship Bracelets, A Girl's Guide to Making and Keeping Real Life Friendships. And Amy and Jess have created a Facebook page called Sister I Am With You, which currently has over a million followers where they get real about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the all the in-betweens of friendships. And you have probably seen Amy Weatherly's face on the Today Show, MSN.com, Good Morning America, Yahoo.com, Love What Matters, Focus on the Family, and of course, her own social media pages where she loves building communities of women who support each other fiercely. So I can't wait for you to listen to this wonderful interview. I know you're going to be so encouraged. So let's dive in. Well, welcome, Amy, to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I am so honored to have you here and excited. I know we're going to have great fun talking today. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Um, I am so excited to talk about your new book, 
I, and I'm going to hold it up for those that are on video watching. I'll be there and let's make friendship bracelets, a girl's guide to making and keeping real life friendships. And you wrote this with Jess Johnston and she couldn't be with us, but I'm thrilled to hear your story and about your first book and then what led you to write this book. So why don't we just start like Tell a little bit about yourself, how you got into doing what you do, writing this book. My name is Amy Weatherly. I'm from Texas. Uh, I started writing online a few years ago and just kind of stumbled into it. Like I wrote something, I wrote something in this private little group, like a little teeny tiny group privately that was never supposed to be anything. Um, I thought a hundred people might read it, but it went crazy viral. Like someone in that group copied and pasted it and then put it somewhere else. And then it just like exploded. So it's all over the internet changed my whole life. Um, cause from there I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing this now. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started was doing it for, I think I was doing it for like two years and met Jess and I met Jess because, because I, uh, I stopped her. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, I accidentally, it was fate. It was not fate. I, I knew who she was. I really liked the way she wrote. Um, can we have similar styles? Her and I are pretty laid back and casual and like, this is just who we are. I'm not here to be a fancy writer. I'm not here to have my words. They're not flowery or I I just, I I just want to share what I'm going through and I want other people, I want to connect with people. Like I love, God, I love people so much. I really love people. Anyways, um, so met Jess, hit her up in the DMs and we kind of started talking and the conversation of friendship just came up a lot naturally because of things, honestly, things I was going through in my personal life. And, and so met Jess, started talking about friendship, really wanted to work with her in some capacity. And one day I just had this idea, like, I mean, the whole page was born in 10 minutes or less. And I just called her up and I said, Jess, I have this idea for a page called sister. I am with you. Um, I've already looked it up. There's no Instagram handle for it. There's no website handle for it. There's no Facebook page. Well, there was, cause I was like, I just, I, I just went ahead and grabbed all of it without even knowing whether she wanted to do it or not. I was like, <laughs> I, the idea had the name, grab those handles. And was like, I think we should start a page just on friendship. And we just talk about female friendship. We talk about the hard stuff. We talk about none of this like, oh my gosh, you've got to find your people because it's so wonderful. No, we get into like what it's like when you can't find them, what it's like when you lose them, what it's like when you're insecure about it. Um, And yeah, let's call it Sister I'm With You. And basically was like, are you in Jess? And she's like, yep, let's do it. And then we did it and it exploded and it grew. And then we wrote the book. Um, I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants. And then the adult version did very well. And so they, they, the publishers just came on board and was like, Hey, would you like to adapt this for kids and tweens, like a eight to 12 year old version? And obviously we just said, yes, (laughs) yeah, let's do it. And it's awesome. It's such a good book. And I, and I bought your sweatpants, the, the sweatpants uh, book. I'll be there and let's it's it's I'm looking yeah I'll be there but I'll be wearing sweatpants so yeah it's really like that book too um I'm kind of fascinated with I I went to I went to um your uh your whole community that you've built sister I am with you 
And I was like, wow, you have over a million followers. Yeah. And it's all around friendship. And I'm thinking, yeah, what do you, what caused you to um, feel such a passion and heart around friendship? Because I think I struggled with it. I think I, I think some people write things when it's like a topic they're really an expert on. I think, I, I, I think blogging and things like this, you've got two different kinds experts who go into it, that they're just automatically an expert. And so they are there to help other people. And I think that, cause I struggled with it for so long, for so many years, I mean, for so many years, like I struggled with it. And the more I was will like really vulnerable and willing to put it out there, I realized Oh, other women are, other women are feeling this too. This is not a me thing. This is a whole culture thing. We're feeling it. We just don't feel like we can talk about it. And, um, so that is really what led to, it was really me struggling with it and just kind of getting to a point in my life where I was like, I refuse, I kind of refuse to continue to live this way. I refuse to live lonely. I refuse to live feeling disconnected. Um, I refuse to live feeling insecure. I refuse to live feeling like a people pleaser and I refuse to live feeling like I'm never going to figure this out. So I just kind of set out on a mission to learn and to do it. And so I've kind of, kind of learned with my followers. It's been a, a whole growth thing for me personally. And I'm just really grateful to be able to share it all. Yeah. Were you surprised by how many women were struggling with it? I was sad about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was sad. And, and I was kind of surprised because it's funny. You know, I was just putting my feelings out there and really, again, like just really want, wanting to connect other with other women. Because there's nothing worse than going through something hard and feeling like you're the only one. Oh, that okay. is isolating. And if you feel isolated, the more you feel isolated in that, I think the more you like pull into yourself and the more you truly believe those lies that like, this is a me problem. I am the only one. I suck. And I'll always, I'll never figure this out. And so I just talked about it. And I didn't even realize that I was talking about friendship when I would talk about these things, when I would talk about pleasing people, uh, people pleasing, when I would talk about feeling left out, or I would talk about, um, I mean, my first post that went viral was about being okay with people not liking me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize that those were all kind of tied into friendships until my followers pointed it out. People were like, I love the way you talk about friendship. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. You're right. That is kind of the main theme here, but I didn't see it until someone pointed it out, which I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How cool. I mean, it's so true that you know, that feeling of being alone and the people pleasing when I was reading and your both of the books about the people pleasing. And I wish I had, I had this book when I was in middle school. Oh, oh my me God. too. Yeah. Oh, so good. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but yeah. just the loneliness. And the reason I said, were you surprised is because I would think that this has been very therapeutic for you to write about it and then realize that you're not the only woman out there that is struggling to form friendships, that feels lonely, that is doubting herself like, oh, look at those women over there. Should I, that group of women, 
Should I'm, this is me. Like I'm looking around, I'm staring, where am I supposed to look? It was good when phones came out for that reason. I can just look like I'm searching messages, you know, and how do I insert myself into this group and, you know, feeling left out in middle school and how that can follow us into our adulthood and then putting that on other women, they think something might be wrong with me and they don't really want to be my friend and there's not enough space for me over there. And, you know, all of it, all of it. Yes. And then so many of those feelings do stem from stuff that happened to us in middle school and high school. I think, I think most of that is built because I have a six-year-old daughter and you know what? She is not afraid to go insert herself in a conversation with, with kids. She is not afraid to go ask someone to be her friend. She's not afraid to play with a stranger. Those things, I think. And I have a kid who's, she's not, she's pretty extroverted. Now I have a kid who's introverted, but even him, when he was young, I I think those things were, we're scared. You know, I yeah. think that's, real. and I think it all comes from when we're young. It's like a uh, rejection's terrible. And I think little doses, you know, we've all been rejected in little doses along the way. And I think we get, a lot of us have gotten to a place where we're terrified of rejection. We're terrified of it. And we would do anything to avoid that feeling again. So we just stop trying and kind of get this feeling like, well, this is just how I have to live. This is just how it has to be. Yeah. And I'll be alone and I'll, I'd rather feel alone and isolated than yeah. put myself out and feel rejected. Yes. And like, and th- then you are looking at girl and social media has made it all worse. If we're honest, like it has helped us connect with other women and feeling like we're less alone, but then it's also made us lonelier because we see every girl's night that happens without us. We see every trip that is planned and we're not included. We, we, we see it all. And um, where I, I always say, I'm like before we could kind of pretend that that stuff wasn't happening without us, but now we like, we know when we're not invited. And we know when we're not included. Um, And I think feeling like, I I think I felt like for a long time, well, they just have something that I don't. There's something in their chemical makeup or their personality or something about their lifestyle that they have that I don't, that I never will. And um, so sad. I mean, it's so sad. Like it breaks my heart because I know other women feel like that too. And I know teenagers feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it is sad and there's something wrong with me. I always remember like looking, I mean, I ended up, my mom, my dad died. My mom got remarried and my listeners probably don't even know this. I don't really talk about it, but my mom got remarried and I had a stepsister the same age as me that moved into our house in middle school. And she was super cute and I was not. I have, my hair was really short. It's curly. It looked like a cotton swab. <laughs> it was so bad. But she had that magical way about her where like girls were just attracted to her. And it was like, what, what am I missing? You know, it was like something must be missing, like that girl, that popular girl. And everybody seems to be drawn with her. And what might be wrong with me that they're not drawn to me? Yeah. 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 What have you learned through starting, starting to talk about this, creating that? How long have you had Sister I Am with you? Three years. Wow. Three Three. years and a million, um, over a million followers is amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Maybe three and a half. I don't, it's it's been three and a half because we started in the summer. So three and a half. Yeah. It's kind of a baby still. (laughs) Well, have you, what have you learned about 
yourself in that process and your own um, sense of self. You said you were a people pleaser historically. How have you grown through it? I would say one of the biggest things that I learned, I have learned, is that, um, and again, I think these are things we pick up as as tweens and teens. I think I genuinely believe they are. Um, like lies that we picked up and believed all the way that we have to unlearn now. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we are teaching our kids. I, I want to teach my daughter in a way that she doesn't have to unlearn so much because it's so much easier to get it right the first time than to like at the age of, you know, I'm almost 40 than at this age to be like unpacking all this stuff and figuring it out and unlearning and adopting new ways of thinking. That's tough. Um, but I would say the first one is that we are not craving popularity. Popularity is not the fix. That's not the fix. The fix is belonging. And there is a difference between having a lot of friends and having the right friends. And I think that, you know, as tweens and teens, we just think, well, if I just got invited to more stuff and if I knew more people and if I looked this way and could hang out with this crowd, then it would all be fine. No, popularity is not. It it is not about having a lot of friends that does not fix us, that doesn't like cure that craving in us. It is belonging. It is belonging. We want a couple, we don't need more than a couple friends. And honestly, statistics show that time and energy wise, a couple of friends, a couple of really close friends are probably all that we're really capable of uh, nurturing. Um just because, you know, it's limited. We're busy, they're busy. We all have lives. We all have other people who are like, you know, our husbands, our kids, jobs that suck a lot out of us. So we really only have the capacity for a couple of really, really, really strong and true friendships. Um, And to me, that's belonging is really letting yourself be known, um, finding people who know you and take you as you are. Well, you don't feel like you have to be somebody else in order to fit in. Yeah, because it's exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. having to tiptoe. It's exhausting to be like, okay, okay, well, I'm hanging out with these people. Who do they want me to be? No, that is, that's exhausting. You know, what's good is showing up in your sweatpants and being like, this is who I am today. Today, I'm kind of cranky and I'm so sorry. I love y'all, but this is who I am right now in this moment. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that feels good. That is a really yeah. <laughs> it's like my one friend that doesn't wash her hair for three days that has five kids and she has a baseball cap on. And then, you know, we get somewhere and she's like, okay, I haven't washed my hair for three days, but I can take off my, ba- my baseball cap for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is, yes. It is about being able to take off your cap and be like, here it is. Here it is. And finding those few people who will accept it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough journey, but it's so important. So I would say that's one of the biggest things I've learned that it's, it's not popularity. It is belonging. Um, and I would say one of the second things that I've really learned in this journey is that there's no like personality trait. There's no, there's nothing that, because it is more, it, it is easier for some people than other, than others. Maybe something in their upbringing made it easier, but there's nothing that can't be learned. Friendship is possible for everyone. It is possible for every single person, um, you know, introverted, extroverted, it's not based on, it's just not based on any of that. It's all possible for us, but we just have to be willing to learn things and we have to be willing to grow 
and we have to be willing to take chances. Um, so I think that's a big one is that it, it is empowering to go from a place where you feel like, well, this is just the way things are going to be. This is just the way things are going to be. I am who I am. There's nothing I can do about it. And there's a lot of power to be had when we realize, no, I can change my mindset and I can change my life and I can learn things and grow in a way that will help me get to where I want to be. I can take the reins. I don't have to wait for an invitation to live my own life. I can do that. I can do that now. Um, There's a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen, sister, to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and also being able to disprove those those false beliefs about ourselves that we do take from middle school, high school, into our adult life. And so yeah. if I'm believing, well, somebody doesn't really want to be my friend or I don't fit in, I'm going to respond in a way that creates that. Then I'm not yeah. going to go and say hello because I'm going to believe I'm going to be rejected. So I've learned over the years, really, that's not true because I'm I'm choosing not to live believing those those lies anymore. Yes. But it does take work, like you said, and it does take courage. And we do have to step out a little bit. But the more that we can disprove that and reach out to that other mom that's really lonely too, we're surprised. That's why I kind right. of using like, wow, look at there's a million women in your community that are there because they want that sense of belonging. Yeah. That's what it always kills me. Cause one of the comments we get all the time is like, no, like other women already have their friends. There's no space for me. Like no one else is looking for this. No one else wants to be a good friend. And I'm like, Oh, false, false. At like the, well, what are this? This is like one in seven Oh, I don't even want to share it because I don't know what the statistic is anymore. But the number of women, more women are lonely than are not. More women are looking for good friendships than are not. And it's by a big number. Like it's by a big number. Most women would say that they have zero close friends. That's the most popular number. Um, when, When a group of women were asked, how many close friends do you have? The most popular answer is zero. So there is a field there are tons of women looking for friendship. There are a ton of women willing to give. There are a ton of women who are ready for this, but it will take bravery on each of our parts to go out there and find it. And, um, to just to kind of hold the power. And you know what, another thing I learned was, and this was a good one, because I am a people pleaser. And so my whole life was just this, like, and it was a chapter in one of the books was, it's called, please like me. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you go into situation. You're like, oh my gosh, well, I, and just like you said, a lot of times we walk into places and we assume people aren't going to like us because we haven't been liked in the past. And we assume people will eventually like dump us because we've been dumped in the past. And that mindset messes us up. It is a huge barrier, whether we know it or it's a huge barrier because we go in looking for that. You, I think we tend to find what we're looking for, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, for a long time would kind of live with this. Just please like me. Let me be funny enough. Let me be likable enough. Let me be entertaining. Let me have really good stories to share. And then people will want to be with me. And I found that that is whoop, not true. That is not the mentality to go in with. The mentality to go in with is how can I make people feel light? Yeah. How can I make people feel like their story is important to me? How can I make people feel like I am um, 
I don't know how to eat, how to even say, but like, how can I make people feel special about themselves? And you stop focusing so much on you. You kind of, it takes this like really just getting over yourself, get over yourself, get over your own ego and really make it about other people. And you will find true connection there, but it stops with, you don't have to be an entertainer. You, oh, I've got, I've got like what, like three funny stories. Like I don't have a lot of funny stories to tell. I can't, well, I'm not going to be entertaining. I'm not that. And that's, thank you. Well, I don't know about that. I think you're pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe the first time you're with me, maybe the second time, but after a few times, I just like, I'm not entertaining anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is what I've, I've learned is I don't have to like pressure off. It doesn't have to be about me for people to want to be with me. I have to make them feel good about themselves. I have to be like a, like just willing to have this connection with them and kind of, I I just think people are so cool and that I've really worked on cultivating that a lot of getting over myself and being like, wow, I get to have this connection. I get to have this conversation with another human and I get to find out more about them. How cool is that? And it's just kind of changed everything for me. I love, yeah. Yeah. I just love that. I think of it like, um, how can I care about other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Being in your head is a very lonely place to be, even with what I do. Uh, you know, it's, and, and you too, and no matter what anybody, you know, um, all of our listeners do, it's so easy to get stuck in our head. And then to take a risk, I have to say, no, I'm, I want to serve other people. I want to yeah. care about other people. I'm mm-hmm. showing up to care and connect. And, and that gets me out of my, what are they going to think about me? Do yeah. I sound smart? Am I funny? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, uh, which usually I fall flat on my face if I'm doing that anyway. So. And yeah. It, yeah. I've just found what a beautiful thing it is. If I, if, if I can really get into a headspace where I'm like, just be impressed by other people. Just get to know, get to know them. Like think that their story is really cool and they are more likely to want to be around you. You're more like, it's just easier. If I'm comfortable with me, they're more likely to feel comfortable and that's going to open a lot of doors. Um, But if I, I walk in and I'm awkward and I make the show about me, it's, I'm really feel good. You know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of pressure on me and probably exhausting for them. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of performing. A lot of performing. Yeah. I want to thank you for saying the, um, the statistics, you know, about how in your community, how many moms feel like they have zero friends. That's a lot. What? Yeah. And we don't realize that. And I have a very good friend that's very social. um, And she's lonely all the time because she doesn't feel like and I'm like, really, you're lonely? And she's like, yes, because it's it's con- real, true connection. Yeah, like I'm talking about. And I think that just moms knowing that the statistics of how many moms feel really lonely will help them be able to reach out. Yeah, for moms to know that, yeah, chances are you're talking to somebody that's feeling lonely too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was talking to a friend, so I just went with some girlfriends somewhere. And I'm, I'm talking is not difficult for me. I I will talk to anybody. I love to talk to strangers. I don't go up and compliment someone. That's not a hard thing for me. Um, so we were talking about social anxiety and she was like, you don't have social anxiety. And I was like, oh yes, I do. I have it almost worse than anybody I know. And she was like, no, you seem so confident. And I was like, I, 
yeah, I just, I can talk to people and strangers is really easy to me, but I'm like, but if I walk into a place with a bunch of people that I kind of know, I am nervous the whole time. Like I was like, you can watch and I'll leave for the bathroom at least once. And I'm sure people are like, what is she doing in there? (laughs) Is she okay? (laughs) Is she sick? Should we give her some Tums? Um, a plunger, like, what is she doing in there? Um, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom and like recollect myself almost every time. Cause I do, I get so nervous. And then after every social interaction, I'm like hard on myself and I question everything. And I'm like, Amy, why did you say that? Like, why did you do this? This was so weird. Were you friendly enough? Were you and it's just, I think it's easy to assume other people have it easier than we do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, do you ever get the lip really quiver? Do you ever have the lip quiver? Has that uh, ever happened to you? That's no. happened to me if I'm really nervous and I'm going into a group and I sort of know them and then my lip might start quivering. <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, can they see that? Can they see that my lip's quivering and then I'm nervous, you know? And yeah, that sends me into a tailspin. Although I have had some, I, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. as much as it used to. So that's yeah. really good, but still, yeah. Yeah, um, it happens to a lot of women. You know what I do? I um, I do, I talk more when I'm nervous. So that is it. And, and I don't do it on purpose. It's just the way it comes out for me. But I'm like, so that's a lot of people are like, you aren't, you don't have social anxiety. And I'm like, no, no, no. What you saw, you thought was me being friendly. And that was actually me being nervous. That was actually my my nervous tick was me talking a lot. Um, And I do this weird tongue thing. Like I like, <laughs> I feel like I do my tongue back and forth and it's so weird. And i like, I, I have no control over it, but it'll just like, <laughs> instead of my lip quivering, it'll be my tongue going back and forth, like kind of in between talking or while I'm listening to people. And I've had people be like, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Just not open my mouth after that. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. We all have something. Right. Oh, something. And it's, it really is more women than we think. And I've kind of like a, I've, you know, I think I'm big on like a, like a mantra, not like, like a mantra, but like, okay, this phrase is going to help me get through. So like one of them is make people feel liked and just sort of flipping that whole switch. So I try to walk into places and when I go to the bathroom, I like recollect myself and be like, you don't have to perform. You don't have to be entertaining. You don't have to be someone that you're not make people feel liked. And then, um, Another one that I try to remind myself is like, be aware, be aware of who is choosing you, be aware of who is kind of reaching out to you, who is making efforts, be aware, but don't be offended. So be aware of who's in your corner, but don't be offended when someone's not, don't live with that, like chip on your shoulder, like constantly just looking for ways to be offended. Um, And I think we're an easily offended society as a whole. Um, and I think that, you know, just translates all over and I don't want to be a friend that's easy to offend. Cause that's just, again, not a good way to live. It's not, it's pleasant. The third one is I'd rather be weird than rude. I'd rather be weird than alone. So if it's really hard for me to go start a conversation, I just try to remind myself, like, what's the worst that can happen is that they think you're weird. Okay. That's not so bad. Not so bad. That's all people have to say about me. I can handle that. Um, if I go up and compliment a woman that I don't know, or that I barely know, and that comes off as weird. Okay. I can handle being weird. I'd rather be weird than rude. I'd rather be weird than lonely. I'd rather be weird than disconnected. So kind of just putting myself in a place where like, you can, 
you can, you can, you can do it. You can reach out to someone, even if it's hard, you can do it, but change in the way you think about it. Yeah. And I love that too, because weird is not bad. Weird's like, not you know, bad. You'll, find, you'll find your own weird people that fit your weird. Yeah, you know, we're going to be like, <laughs> she's, she was too friendly. Well, okay. That's fine. Go please run around town and say that about me. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But find the people who are okay with it. Cause my friends know I'm weird. My friends know I'm awkward. They told me yesterday. I forgot. Oh, I walked. Yeah. Anyways, I had this whole awkward encounter and they just died and they're like, ah, oh, Amy, you just, <laughs> you're just you, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I am. And yeah. And thank God I can truly be, you know, be weird and be me and be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And though some people are going to get it and some people aren't, it's okay either way. Okay yeah. Either. Um, Cause when you find the ones who get it, it's pretty refreshing and it's pretty, it's pretty refreshing and it's relaxing to just know you're in a place where I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. And that it's a journey, but you know, little baby steps, but the encouragement of your community to be able to focus. I mean, all of what you write is just, you know, it's so heartfelt and you, it's so relatable, but it's also inspiring just to continue to set our minds straight. You know, it's like we go somewhere in our minds and then it just, you keep bringing it back to what really is important and what really matters. And yeah, yeah so good. Well, we said we were going to talk about your girl's book and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I want you to speak a little bit about that because I work with so many moms. I'm really glad we're talking about friendship because with what I do, I I work with a lot of moms that have girls that are really struggling with friendships, middle schoolers primarily, and they're getting left out and COVID's done a number on us. And I'm glad we're talking about friendships um, as well with regards to us, because that's a little different and really important because my experience also is that moms, and I have been there, we get so upset when our daughters are in middle school and they're going through this. It's very difficult not to put our stuff on them of oh, how hurtful gosh. it was and to get all caught up in that. And um, and yet you've written this book and you have questions in there for the girl. I mean, it's it's just amazing all the different how you decided to write it, but why did you decide to write it? Why didn't you just start, start there? Well, most of all, we decided to write it because the, the publisher asked us to. Um, yeah. <laughs> if truth be known. <laughs> if truth be known. No, I actually always thought that a, a kid's book would, could come from this. And so I'm really grateful that it did. Um, but I wanted to write it because just like I said earlier, I feel like our, women our age, why Sister I'm With You has resonated with so many is because we are having to unlearn a lot. We did not have a really good foundation when it comes to friendship. We we didn't have anyone there to really talk to us and say, they don't like you. It's okay. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean you're bad. It's okay. Um, we didn't have anyone there to say stuff like, it's okay if you don't have a lot of friends. You don't just find one find one friend and that's great. You pour into them and love them. We just, there's just a lot of unlearning. I think that our age has had to do. And I just think how wonderful if we took all of this and we gave it to the next generation and they just had a really solid foundation 
and they could go from there and they could really know who they were and they could know that they had the power to change their lives, that they didn't have to wait around, that they could know, okay, I can do these hard things. And they were empowered Mm -hmm. by that. So that's really it. I don't, I want the next generation to just have a really good foundation. I don't want them to have to unlearn what we have had to unlearn. Yeah. I, and, and definitely you were successful in that and with this book. Um, and I love it because I think at this age, um, girls are so much looking outside of themselves, especially with social media, which we were talking about earlier before we jumped on, but social media for their sense of self. Yeah. And how do I measure up? And it's right there in their face. And your book continues to bring it back. Like, who do you want to be? What kind of friends do you want to have? How do you deal with, with conflict? Which, who taught us how to deal with conflict? I mean, you talk about how conflict is usually dealt with, with the girls talking amongst the girls because they don't want to tell their friend they're upset. Yes. Nobody taught us back then how to Nobody do Nobody taught us. We're a whole generation of avoiders. It gets hard. We avoid. It gets uncomfortable. We just cut you off and move on. And that, again, you can't find lasting friendships by being a leaving friend. You have to figure out how to work through some of the stuff and to know when it's time to work through it and to have that conflict and to know when it is time to let something go. And there's a lot of maturity in that, but that is, that's the truth is have the hard conversations. Like, um, I think there's kind of this fine line of setting boundaries and being like, this is what I want out of friendships. This is really what I hope to gain. And I'm going to have boundaries between me and you and making sure we don't overstep and then just end up cutting everybody out because they mess up one time or because we're not willing to talk things through. And there's a fine line there. Yeah. Turning the back. Well, what I love, and I just want to read a couple of these is, is I think one of the struggles is our girls don't and, and boys too, but we don't have the words for what to say to take care of ourselves. So we don't know what to say. So we don't say anything and we just stuff it down, but you actually give some scripts Use your words for good. What did you mean when you said that? You call it practicing healthy communication. Hey, are we good? Why did you react like that? Did I hurt your feelings? Hey, when you did that, it hurt my feelings. Can we talk about the other day? I feel like things got weird between us. I've been struggling with blank. Can we talk about it? So, I, you know, and you go on and on and I won't read them all because they're so good, but it gives our girls words to be empowered. And you can think that you can think about, okay, how do I talk to them? Oh, here I can say this and really give some, some tools and some tools that a lot of time, uh, times I find as moms, we don't have because we didn't learn it or we get really wrapped into it. And so then we don't have our best cap thinking cap on in the moment, or they don't listen. They don't hear what we have to say because yep. they're starting to tune us out at that, at that age. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I really like that you included that and you have all kinds, tell them about the different kinds of um, things that you put activities you put in the book. Okay. Well, so I have ADHD and I write in a way that I assume other people do too. <laughs> so that's why I like 
I just got off the phone with my publisher about wanting to change some things because I was like, no, everybody has ADHD now. We all have, I have, we all have it. Um, and I know that's not true, but our attention span has changed. So it, it was just really important to me um, as someone who has a very hard time reading a book front to cover. <laughs> I have a hard time with it. I can't do it. Um, to make it interactive and to make it more uh, like involvement. Because I think if they're involved, they'll remember more. The stuff will stick out and they'll be able to get through it even if, with a short attention span. <laughs> so there are like, there are word searches. There are uh, the sticky note challenges. That's my favorite thing in there. I love the sticky note challenge. It's just, it'll give you a prompt at the end of every chapter to take a sticky note, write, and we give you the message to write on it, write it and put it on your mirror every day. Um, just like a reminder, or sometimes the sticky note challenge is that you write like a compliment to someone and you give it to them or that you, uh, I haven't like you invite somebody over and you write it on the sticky note and give it out. But most of the sticky note challenges are a note for them to write to themselves and put it somewhere where they'll see it repeatedly. Um, and then there's a little like a message, a note to my grown up because I, again, I wanted conversations between children and whoever their caregiver is. I wanted those conversations going and, um, always come up naturally. We think that they will, but our kids aren't always going to tell us everything. We didn't tell our parents everything. They're not going to always know how to open up to us, but hopefully this makes it easier and more natural. Because if, they, if they'll do it now, if they will learn how to open up to us when they're eight to 12, the goal is that hopefully they come to us when they're 16, 17, 18, and they feel comfortable speaking to us. But to me, you start when they're young, knowing that you're a safe place for these conversations. Um, so there are those, there's like a, like a word thing where you go and you find all the capital letters and it gives you a message throughout, um, lots of prompts, lots of, it's a cute book. I mean, it's pretty. It's a very, it's an adorable book and, uh, it's the illustrations are so cute too. Yeah. 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 We went through a lot. We wanted to find the perfect illustrator. Um, it's not me. Made have been a lot of stick figures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, it's awesome. I know that um, that um, moms, caregivers are looking for a book where they can give it to their girls to be able to navigate the middle school years. They're so they're so hard. They're, they yeah. are so yeah. hard. You know what kind of stuck with me? Like, you know, I'm very far removed from middle school and I've learned I've come a long way since then. But even like going back and like kind of tapping into like middle school brain and kind of tapping into like the stories to write. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, there are a couple of times where it just, I'd start crying, you know, we, we, I start crying from things that happened when I was 13. Um, Cause that stuff, it really, it matters and it sticks down and it does form who we are and what we believe about ourselves one way or another. And I just, I just so badly want girls to be confident in who they are. I so badly want them to walk into this world with confidence and not just waiting for things to happen to them, but knowing that they are capable of making things happen. They are capable of forming good friendships. They are capable of being themselves and being loved exactly as they are. They are capable of being the one who throws the party and not the one who just sits around and waits. Um, I want them to be confident. I want them to know they're capable. And they don't have to just wait for their life to happen. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Well, and you can tell in your words that your heart is is so there, right with them, just in the way that you wrote it. It's it's so heartfelt, you and Jess, and it's all so funny and 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 light and serious, and it's uh, and filled with wisdom. So it's so good. Um, I want to just ask you a question as we're getting ready to close. Um, what would you say to the mom that's listening that has a daughter that's really struggling with friendships and confidence? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Um, how would you encourage encourage them to enter into you know the conversation? I'd say, because I know with my own child, one thing that I've had to learn, I've had to figure out what speaks to them, not what speaks to me and not what I would want, but what speaks to them, what is what language. Um, and then you speak it that way. I have a son that he he doesn't he doesn't necessarily want to have a deep, heartfelt conversation with me, you know, unless he approaches it. He doesn't want me to sit there and pump him up. He's just he's not going to be receptive of it, of words. He will be receptive of a note. If I leave a note in his room, that's really confident. I can tell in his actions the next day that, okay, that meant something to him. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 That's a big part of figuring out what language do they speak? What works for that kid? And then kind of doing that, figuring out what works for them. Because like I said, I've got one kid who wants me to tell them all the nice things and they want me to build them up. And I've got one kid who gets uncomfortable in that kind of situation, but I would have, I uh, started a journal between me and him where every once in a while he, you know, I'll just, just journal. It's just like little notes from me to him. And I'll just put it by his bed. And like, like when he's asleep, I'll put it by his head. So he knows there's a new little something in there. Uh And it's just, Hey, I saw you do this and I'm so proud of you. Um, Hey, I just like who you are. To me, that's another big one. And this is my, uh, this is my number one parenting phrase that I stick to is love them for them. Love them for exactly who they are. Don't try to change them to who you think they should be. Don't try to change them in who you, into who you are. Love them for them and let that be enough. Try to like them. And sometimes you can't always like your kids. Sometimes they act nuts and terrible, (laughs) but if you can love them for exactly who they are, and let them be themselves, they will thrive in that environment. Anyone thrives in that environment. None of us want someone who's trying to change us. None of us want to feel like we're not good enough. None of us feel like we don't quite measure up. None of us want to feel that. Our kids especially don't want to feel that. I want to be their safest place. I want to be the one that's like, no, my mom takes me exactly as I am. I I want to be their safest home. So that's the phrase I'm like, love them for them. Love them for them. I just love that. And that's one of the things I say, being their safe place, but the way that you said it, I mean, I'm sure listeners are like, yes, yes. Love them for them and let that be enough. And just that is going to help them become more confident. They're not fixer upper projects. They're not to live, you know, we're not meant to be living through them, trying to make them into something we think, trying to fit our mold. They are each their unique person. Yeah. And the more I relax, because I know as a mom and I don't, I I know as a mom, like I'm constantly worried, like, are they going to be okay? Are they going to grow up to be good adults? Are they going to da, da, da? And I feel more like when I get in that headspace of where I'm like worried about it and almost frantic about it, 
it's our home is not as it's just not wow. as happy. Mm-hmm. There, everybody's wound tight. So I try to remember like you set the tone and you let go of that and believe in them. Believe in them, even when they make a mistake. And sometimes I don't want to be an overfixer of my kids' problem. I don't want to mow down every obstacle in their way. I won't fix everything for them. I want them to struggle a little bit because those struggles are going to make them who they are. Those struggles are going to teach them. Um, you know, like a puppy, like, you know, that's how puppies learn to play uh, is by being together. So like those beginning years in a puppy's life are really, really important. Not that, or the beginning few months, weeks in a puppy's life are really important because when they're playing with their brothers and sisters, uh, that's how they learn, you know, oh, I bit my brother. He yelped and now he won't play with me. That was too far. So yeah. that's kind of how they learn is when they mess up. Your kids will learn when they mess up too. Your kids will learn with those struggles. They will gain stuff. You don't necessarily, you don't want to plow through every obstacle. That is not going to help them in the long run. Um, as hard as it is to believe, believe that they will either make the right decision when push comes to shove or that they will learn something valuable even when they don't. And it will be, they'll learn it in a way that's more, that will stick with more yeah. than just your words. Yes. Yes. You know? Oh, so don't, don't totally. feel like you have to, to well, and then, yeah. And what happens is it's like believing they're going to be okay like that. Are they going to be yeah. okay? Are they going to be okay? Are they, yeah. but what we end up sending the message, they're not going to be okay. And we don't believe they're going to be okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, that's not the message I want to send my kids. I want to send my message because I believe in you. You're going to be fine. You're going to not even just be fine. You're going to be great. You're going to be great. We may struggle a little bit here and there, but the overwhelming thing is you are going to be great and you are capable of making these decisions. You are capable of living your life. You are capable of being loved exactly as you are. And I'm going to demonstrate that for you in the way that I behave and the way that I respond and the way that I react. Wow. Amy, thank you. This is so inspiring for, I know, you know, we're like, yes, we can do this. Right. And uh, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So thank you. Tell everybody where to find you, where to find, I mean, they can, I, they can look at sister. I am with you. Tell them where, you know, all of that. Yeah. Sister, I'm with you is the page on friendship for me and Jess. Honestly, we're best at Facebook. We're try. we're going to try to do Instagram, but I always tell them just like, we're tired. (laughs) Not that we don't want to do everything. We're just tired. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And Jess and I both, to me, I, I'm very grateful for my job. I'm very grateful for social media. I take it seriously. I don't know if you feel this way, but at the end of, end of the end of my life, I'm not going to be like, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with my life because I created a successful fa- Facebook page. No, I don't care about that. I want to know that like I was fine in my life because I really loved my people hard and I really gave it all I had and I took chances and I loved my family well. And So anyway, it's again, what we're talking about is what really matters to me. What's going to really fill me up? What's going to be satisfying for my life and doing it? Am I doing it? If you take the whole friendship thing to please other people and because this is, you know, or am I doing it because I, I care about you. So I care about you, but I can't be everywhere and care about the people that really matter to me the most. So So, yeah. Instagram is, it's, it's not our best. Our website's not our best. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great website, a great, you know, 
Um, and and but, your urban moms that need it. Yeah, first and foremost. And then, oh, and my page is, is just Amy Weatherly. On Amy Weatherly, and I just, I don't know, just talk about stuff. <laughs> talk about real life. Talk about our talk struggles about and life. our challenges. And yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so all right, I will share all that. And then your books, tell them about oh, your yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the adult version, which honestly, cause you have a lot of teenage moms, well, not teenage moms, but they're moms of teenagers. Yeah. Right? Queens okay. and teens. Yep. So, so, uh, I would say, so the, the children's book that we were talking about was written for ages eight to 12, probably a 13 year old is still going to be good with that book after 13. I honestly, I don't see any reason why they can't read the adult version, um, which is called I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants. Uh, chapter three is a little bit harder, heavier, but I don't think it's, they made us take out all the cuss words. We, we both had a couple cuss words in there and they made us take it out. So it's, (laughs) 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 it's clean. There's nothing in there that a teenager can't read. Um, so I would say that for the teenager or, and for you, you want the book, I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants. And then eight to 12, maybe eight to 13, I'll be there and let's make friendship bracelets is the adaptation of that book. Yep. I love it. Well, Amy, it has been so much fun. So much fun. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've got to go overthink some of these things that I said. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. We need to hear it. So I so appreciate you being on the show and for all you're doing. So much. Thank you so much. It's an honor. And again, as a you know, appreciate you too. Cause what we got to have each other. Cause parenting is hard. That's the hardest. It's the hardest gig I've ever done. It is tough and we just need each other and need like little reminders of we're all in this and we're all messing up and we're all doing well. And here's what I did that worked. And here's what I did that didn't work. And just a little reminder that at the end, like it really is going to be the way we love them matters more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. And to know we're not alone. We have, you know, we're, we're in it together. So yes. Yep. We need that. So thank you so much for what you do too. Well, that's it for today. And thank you friend for joining me. And I am so excited to share with you that my SOS, the technology guidebook for parents of tweens and teens Get the answers you need, keep them safe, and enjoy your kids again is available to pre-order. It comes out the beginning of May. It's being released. And you can go to sostechnologyguidebook.com and you can pre-order it. And if you're struggling, which we know we all are struggling around our kids' technology. And if you seek to keep your children safe online, away from inappropriate content, strangers, cyberbullying, by equipping them to have the important conversations and set those limits and boundaries and know how to talk to them in a way that they will listen, you want to get my book. It's It's a really easy read. It's full of practical advice. And I have had so many people that are already telling me how helpful the book has been to them. So you can order it today, pre-order it today. You'll get it in the beginning of May, sostechnologyguidebook.com. So thank you for joining me today. And 
I so appreciate you and have a beautiful week and I will see you back here next time.